0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Daily Anime Podcast. It's me, Jefferson, also known as AK-47, also known as Lil Terrorist, and today, I finally got off my ass and uh, decided to review an anime movie that I watched. And this movie is from 1980, directed by... Hideo Onchi, and it is Two Terra, based off the manga Two Terra by Keiko Takamiya. Now, if y'all don't know who Keiko Takamiya is, then y'all gotta get off your ass, get yourself to Wikipedia, and search that shit. For- <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, you don't gotta do that. Um, yeah, Keiko Takamiya is a really important mangaka. She was pretty important to the development of Shoujo and Shonen I. Um I I don't really know a lot of the history here, but I just know from what Wikipedia tells me that she's part of this group called um, Year 24 and that she's associated with people like Moto Hagio, Yoko Ikeda, um also some other pretty important female mangaka who made things like Rosa Versailles. And a lot of the themes that they want to explore in their manga. That pushed the genre forward. Were things like gender. Sexuality. Hence you know the shonen eye. And uh, all that jazz. And like. I think. Something that I haven't really seen too much. In people talking about this group. Was that I was like. This was also the 70s. The 70s were pretty wild. You had like all kinds of like revolutionary movements and revolutions around the world. The Black Panthers, the Black Liberation Army, the American Indian Movement, etc., etc. And you can see this and you can see like some of the stress and some of the energy in this in manga. And I would say that, and this is, I suppose, I said I wouldn't want to wanna talk too much about why I love 2 Terra, but like I I love 2TERA precisely because I can feel that energy of like the revolutionary Zeitgeist. But that aside, yeah. 2 Terra Pretty important. A lot of like amazing ideas, and it's functionally how I would say it. Gundam without any of the robot battles like 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 that's that's what it is (laughs) and it's great I love it so much so I guess for the movie itself I don't wanna let's, let's just try and isolate everything that I said and even though I can't completely look away it's there, okay. Just know that it's there, and let's just look at the movie that I just sat down and watched for almost two hours. Okay, it's a little under two hours, at a hundred and fifteen minutes, and it's a fairly not not exactly faithful adaptation, but it's a, it's an like pretty close to the original. Um, there were a couple of changes to characters and relationships but I don't think that the film fails because of the changes that it made but you know I've probably gotten a little bit ahead of myself in wanting to already like dig into criticism. Um, The premise to 2 Terra is that it's set in the world where humanity has decided that we need to leave Earth because we've destroyed it, and while we're in space exploring other planets, developing colonies, and yada yada yada, that humanity must reform itself, and so it creates a system called superior domination, which is a eugenics program to vet and create the perfect human to go back to Earth and um, after it's healed, and rebuild, let the planet heal on its own, so basically what Shar was telling everyone in Zeta Gundam to do and in general is to leave Earth so that the Earth can heal but uh, yes, part of this eugenics program they're trying to screen out people who are deviants to the system these people are the Mu that is in Gundam terms we would call them new types space psychics who can, like, talk to each other via telepathy and, like, have telekinesis and can fly around and get all kinds of powerful powers and can do all these cool psychic attacks. Alright? And our protagonist, Jomi Markashin, is just a normal boy who is just about to basically uh, go through the uh, life cycle, right? He's 14... And he's gonna get sent through, like, this adult examination thing, be torn away from his parents, have his memory stripped of him, and he says, you know what, that that kind of that kind of grinds my gears. I'm not okay with that. So he already shows signs of deviance because he kind of wants to be like a kid forever. And, uh, yeah, he gets outed out, and they find out, the government figures out that, oh, okay, probably gonna become one of these Mew, super new types, and, uh, we gotta kill him, right? And so the other Mew, Soldier Blue, um, like, come in, and then they rescue him, and then it's just about him becoming the future leader of the Mew, and the story just kinda goes on from there. I've spoiled it a little bit, but, I mean, that's, like, the first, that's the introduction and that's the premise of the series. What I think the film fails is that it's kind of poorly paced um, and not particularly well directed at certain parts of the film. Like, there's like this whole middle portion when they're telling like the middle of the, the story in the manga um, and they're going back between different times in different scenes like they're telling the story of um, people at a school and that's three years and then they'll just cut back to another scene where they're dealing with a whole other story like in the past that's in continuing with another part of the story and because there was no clear guidance On where each of these stories were located in time, I got confused, and I don't think that I can just excuse this with like a "oh, it's thematic" because um, the Mew because they're meant to be this sort of ageless monsters who don't age, and that is an aspect of like some like super psychic space noids um, that they. Just don't age, because I, I they don't really explain it too well. They just don't age. Alright? <laughs> um, but, like, still, it's like... That whole portion of the movie, I just felt, was... Really sloppy. And... Kinda jarring. And I think that's really telling of the rest of the movie. in how it's paced. And how it's edited. It's that... It doesn't really seem to flow together as well and it doesn't really seem to carry through on a lot of ideas and I think like the weakest portion of this movie that's not I guess the second weakest portion of this movie might actually be some of the music I don't remember the last time I've said oh yeah the music was really weak in this it, its been, I think it's been a while I, I don't think I've actually ever said that like a movie or show had, like, lame-ass music in terms of anime. Because I've normally kind of... It's either pretty good or pretty doesn't even matter. But there are, like, two songs that appear uh, in this movie. There's, like, one in the middle, some about Blue Horizons. And then there's the ending theme song. just, like, love is everything... Yada, yada, yada. And, like, I think the ending theme probably pissed me off more than anything. Because to end on this shit about love, and a movie that brings up some pretty complicated and interesting themes that involve the question of what does it mean to be human? um, There... There being more than one ways of being human in the world. The fucked up nature of saying that this is the perfect human. Um, the assertion that it is right to rebel. Uh, alienation. Social alienation. Child rearing. I think all of these are pretty interesting ideas that appear in the movie get developed as the movie goes on, but to end with a song about love just kinda made me mad. Right? Like, this is a movie. And like this franchise in general, I think like the movie this movie and the manga, more so than the TV show, just sort forward this rebellious spirit. That is just like Yes, this is what I want. I want to see Rebellion. I like this. <laughs> and, like, it was, like, the ending song just being about, like, caring about each other is stupid. Like, don't don't give me this. Um, yeah. Okay. And I guess, like, the other thing, other than, like, the pacing feeling kind of rushed, the writing feeling pretty off like it kinda sums up for me is like I don't know if I've really been satisfied by the ending to any iteration well I suppose like the most satisfied I was was of the manga's iteration but I just felt like the ending in this movie just felt kinda weird because there was this assertion at the end of like freedom from the machine, the rage against the machine, and the quest for a new humanity. And like, it's just kinda rushed. Like, it's not really explains, like, why things are exploding. Um, it's just kind of, I think, if you know the story, just kind of thrown in there. Like, I think you can sit back and think, why did everything explode? When, um, the machine got exploded. It was like, there was another machine. Um, th- th- why didn't that one work? It was like, okay, all right, this doesn't make any sense. It was explained in the manga, but it wasn't explained here. Um, it was explained, I think, in the TV show. It wasn't explained in the movie. Like, mm, what is going on? And like there's another element that wasn't particularly well explained. It's just like like why like I I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there cuz it's kind of it's kind of spoilers, but um like yeah. This movie kind of falls short on explaining character motivations. Um and like this isn't supposed to be like some sort of artsy super deep film this is a mainstream animated film about like a popular franchise or I guess it sort of became a franchise when this movie came out and like I don't expect this from this like you make a movie um, motivate things um, things are just kinda happening and this isn't one of those movies where I expect things to just happen because it is plot-driven. Yeah. So, to get on over to where I think this movie is kind of enjoyable. One, they're using Gundam sound effects, which can, and I guess, can work against it. For me, that's mostly a positive thing, because when I hear, like, the Gundam sounds, I'm just like, is he Amuro? Does, Does he just become, like, Amuro? But what is going on? This is amazing. But (laughs) I guess it could be negative because it's just like, Toei, what are you doing? Get some new sounds. I heard this in Gundam Unicorn. I heard this in 0079. What is this doing in this movie? Which just kind of shows the age of the movie. Um, There's some really cool visuals of space. Um, I like that a lot. I don't think that those visuals necessarily overcome the problems that the movie has with writing and pacing and, and I, the music, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty cool. And I think I sort of referenced it earlier, obviously, that this movie, even though I don't think that um, – well, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I do think that it explores some of these themes – relatively well, like, what does it mean to be human? Um, And like, I think that it actually maybe kind of develops them over the place of where the story should be. But uh, yeah, I mean, we should rage against the machine. And I feel like that's kinda all the positive things I have to say is that Gundam sound effects, interesting ideas and um, interesting visuals I kinda wish I could say strong story um, super interesting characters um, the, the characters I think are interesting enough But, like, they also kind of don't make sense to a certain degree. Probably because the story was trying to tell, like, a three-hour movie in a two-hour movie. (laughs) Um, I think maybe if it went a little bit slower and built things up a little bit more and tried, tried to capture the cosmic feeling of this transformation and evolution of mankind or new ideas of thinking of what it means to be human. And I think it tries to capture that, but I think that it kind of needed some more time. And I think that the music needed to be way stronger. Like, it needs to be more epic. Um, and I think it actually... Ironically, I think they kind of should have gone more in the direction of abstraction as opposed to the awkward concrete story that it tried to present because it didn't do that particularly well. So yeah, that's if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it like a 6 out of 10. That's okay. I don't know how available on DVD it is. If you have Hulu Plus, it's on there. I don't know if it's on Netflix or anything. Um, that's how I watched it, is because I got the Hulu Plus, which you might be wondering why I have Hulu Plus. Two words. Anyways, Criterion Collection. Another episode of the Daily Anime Podcast. I'm signing out. Have a nice day.